Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Locked On Today. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd like to welcome in all of our new and our returning listeners. If you're new to the show, please subscribe, rate, and review. Those five-star reviews really help other Buccaneers fans find us. And what a time for you to be joining the show because we have some big things to talk about. Yeah, you're here just in time for our round one 2021 NFL Draft recap. Of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers trading all the way up for Trevor Lawrence. I'm just kidding. They stuck at 32 and took Washington edge rusher Joe Tryon. After the pick was made, James and I jumped on a Facebook live session with WTSP 10 Tampa Bay, the CBS affiliate there in Tampa, Florida. You're probably familiar with if you live in the city of Tampa or the area with Evan Klosky. Here now is audio from that Facebook live, our reactions along with Evan from that Facebook live session of the pick by the Buccaneers of edge rusher Joe Tryon. All right, everyone on Facebook Live, we're excited to have everyone here. It is it is a late night, 12-17, but the boys from Locked On are joining us, James and David. It is a pleasure. We do now know who the Buccaneers have added to the Super Bowl squad, and that is Joe Tryon, the defensive end out of Washington. He is pick number 32. And I first want to ask you, just what were your initial reactions when Joe was taken by Jason Light and company? Uh, you know, I mean, Joe is a name that we've we've certainly heard before, whether it's, you know, mock drafts. Uh, I mean, shout out to the Buccaneers own Carmen Vitale, who, uh, you know, this is now three years running for her. She she picked Joe Tryon for the Bucks in her first mock draft over there at Buccaneers.com. And and she got it right th- a third year in a row. So uh, edge is, is definitely a position we've been talking about. I think a lot of people have looked at. Uh, there's a need for some depth there. Anthony Nelson is a nice piece. Uh, but I think there's some questions on the outside of the franchise. I don't know how much how many questions are inside the franchise, but at least some of us out here uh, not really sure if we see Anthony Nelson as the future starter for the defense or not so adding another player there Jason Pierre-Paul a little bit older a few more injuries attack onto his resume and then playing on a contract year as well the Buccaneers already have some money moving down the road so are they really going to want to bring JPP back for another year is he even going to play another year Uh, and then how are they going to handle the finances so getting a guy like Joe Tryon in now so that he has time to develop is just is a really smart thing for the Buccaneers to do. Yeah, and, and James, I want to ask you, uh, how much are we going to see Joe in year one? Is this something where he can come in right away and at least be a rotational piece? Uh, or is this somebody that you nurse for a full year and, and you let him flourish to next year? I think he's definitely going to be a rotational piece in the defense. You know, Shaq Barrett and JPP, as great as they are, you know, they, they're they human. they got to take a playoff every now and again. They're going to get tired chasing down some of these quarterbacks. So the Todd Bowles will work him in, you know, start to get him comfortable, put him in situations where he's already good while they try to develop a few of these shortcomings. You know, Tryon didn't play last year. He opted out of the 2020 season. So it's going to be a little bit of a process to get him back into football shape and, and to get him acclimated to the defense. But I think he absolutely will see the field you know on on quite a few occasions throughout the season and I think the later into the season we get the more we're going to see Tryon worked into these pass rush situations and and maybe Todd Bowles is going to come up with a way to get he and Shaq and JPP all on the field together yeah and that's the most exciting thing right is watching Todd Bowles 
have mm-hmm. another year with this team and develop that defense even more so than what he did last year, which was a Super Bowl result. So adding this piece obviously fulfills a need, and we'll put that in quote, because they really were working with once this year and didn't necessarily have to plug a specific hole, though this was certainly a position that we were all focusing on. Now, having said that, uh, we'll get back to Joe Tryon and how he fits with this team, but looking at the board, I think we were discussing right before we got on here, there were definitely some other options we were looking at. Uh, Are there some names, David, that you were thinking, hey, I would really love them to take this person? Yeah, I mean, I think staying in the same position group, I think Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia was a guy that a lot of people had probably higher on their board than, than Joe Tryon was, and I mean, you know, the Buccaneers did their own evaluations and then they've been doing pretty well uh, in the NFL draft as of late. So definitely not questioning their evaluations. But then you look at Christian Barmore out of Alabama. Uh, there were some rumblings, and, you know, mostly social media stuff. Again, not really legitimate rumors, uh, but wonder if the Buccaneers might package some picks, move up and get a guy like Christian Barmore. But then he, he ends up all the way in day two. And then you also have some more, you know, flashy type players. Elijah Moore is a name uh, out of Ole Miss that came up a lot before Antonio Brown agreed to resign with his new deal. Now that he's coming back, the receiver position obviously a little bit less uh, of a need but I mean hey you can never have enough speed or enough uh, playmakers on the field so Elijah Moore if, if he continues to slip and Jason Light does decide to get aggressive and move up could be a guy in play Liam Eichenberg is somebody that I know James is also uh, really high on out of Notre Dame to add to that offensive line depth so while they have no upfront needs and you know starting 22 roster needs there certainly are some depth players still on the board and uh, Jason Light has been on the record saying in years past that he loves playing the draft game uh, the tra- the trade up trade back uh, you know game so I mean we could see anything happen with the Buccaneers starting as early uh, as early round two. We'll be back to more of that audio in just a moment, but we have to let you know that this episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds, responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Back now for seven two locked on Bucks reacting to the first round of the 2021 NFL draft and the selection by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of Washington edge rusher Joe Tryon here now more from our Facebook live session our reaction conversation with Evan Klosky of WTSP 10 Tampa Bay. Yeah, we know that Jason Light does love to, to trade up, as you mentioned. And and James, entering day two, just what are some thoughts where you're seeing some guys out there? A, who do you like? And I'll ask you, who do you like? in their position right now, but also if there is an option to trade up, what are some of those names that you would like to be floated out there to say, Hey, if they're around midway through that second round, sacrifice a pick or two and and, and let's snatch them. Yeah. I think if they stay at 64, you're going to start to see a little bit more of the hype and the buildup for the 
potential that they go after Kyle Trask to to draft a quarterback, develop him behind Tom Brady. I'm not sure I, I'm 100% on board for that, but I understand how it would make sense. There's no pressure on him at the moment. He can develop, he can learn, and then he can he can slide in there as the potential starter. If they move up, uh, you know, like David just mentioned, I don't know how far uh, Christian Barmore is going to continue to slip. You have Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the linebacker out of Notre Dame, who, you know, it would be great for Todd Bowles to get his hands on him. He's a guy that the Bucks could potentially move up for. Or you could stay in Washington and get the defensive lineman in Awuzarike to line up there with Vita Vea potentially replace Indomik and Sue after this season. So I I would lean more towards they stay on the defensive side of the ball, but some of these offensive linemen that that have slipped, you know, we've talked about Tevin Jenkins, we talked about Liam Eichenberg out of Notre Dame there. That might be just too good of a of a possibility to pass up. Yeah, and um, Landon Dickerson, also of, of Alabama, center mm-hmm. is another position where I know that, hey, I mean, Ryan Jensen could be gone next year. That might be a position to, to fill as well. So uh, they, they definitely do have some options, and that's the beauty of entering this draft. Jason Light talking about 8,000 scenarios to run through uh, late in that first mm-hmm. round. And, and and going back to Tryon, uh, physical specimen, mm-hmm. uh, 6'5", about 265 pounds, uh, raw tools, and what he brings to the team. Now, I feel like you can start navigating uh, into some other areas. Uh, James, just to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying at quarterback, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I do understand the the want to get a quarterback. But having said that, we all agree that Tom Brady isn't retiring after the season. So do you really want to season a quarterback that – when he finally gets into action, he's already on the back end of his rookie contract, and then you got to devote more money to him in the future if it works out. Um, not necessarily a commitment that I would choose early in the draft, maybe maybe a little bit later. Uh, guys, just just some, some other thoughts coming off of this try-on pick. Uh, do you have a letter grade that, that you necessarily give them right off the bat? I'll start with, with you, David. Yeah, I mean, I give it an A. I mean, I, I love it because you're addressing a, a position of need. You have some depth needs there, uh, and then you bring in a guy that could, that could potentially fill a future need. So, I mean, you're shopping for for a problem before it ever even becomes a problem. Uh, you're plugging a leak before it actually springs, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. whenever you can do that as a team, and again, winning the Super Bowl and bringing back all of your starters kind of affords you that 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 luxury, uh, but taking advantage of that luxury is a whole other story. So I think the Buccaneers uh, hit the nail on the head on this one. I mean, uh, there's a difference between talent and skill. You know, I think that's the big thing between college and the NFL. And Joe Tryon has all the talent in the world. Now it's on that Buccaneers coaching staff to teach first, which is what Bruce Arians talks about all the time, to develop those skills. And then, I mean, he's learning with Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaquille Barrett, uh, two of the better ones to do it in the game uh, in their careers. So, I mean, he, he doesn't have any better tutors uh, to play with. And then Todd Bowles, one of the most uh, creative and innovative defense coordinators. If if they can't figure out a way for Joe Tryon <laughs> to be successful in the NFL, then Joe Tryon just isn't made to be successful in the NFL. Yeah, and James, similar question. Yeah, I, I agree with David. I give it an A. It was going to be really hard for the Buccaneers to come out of the first round without getting an A just because they, you know, they had a, a embarrassment of riches. They could do anything that they wanted to do. So really anything that they did, you could have made an argument for. It could have made sense. And they're going with a guy now who has a really, really high ceiling 
and can develop into one of the better pass rushers in the NFL, learning behind two of the best that are already in the NFL with one of, if not the best defensive coordinator in the game. I mean, it's it's a slam dunk pick because anything that they did was probably going to be a slam dunk pick. That's, that's a very good point because we are kind of analyzing a team at unprecedented times because no one has really brought back the amount of snaps that the Buccaneers have from a Super Bowl winning team. So the fact that Tampa Bay can actually get a year of a draft and just let it rip, you know, it's tough to imagine that many teams have that scenario ever where they're not at least thinking in the back of their heads, oh, I got to address a need, unless you're Jerry Jones and you just ignore the defense for five years, you know? (laughs) So uh, it's just, it's amazing that, um, you know, we can kind of frame it in a positive outlook out of the gates. Um, You know, I I think that a a lot of GMs, um, you know, based on what we were seeing in mock drafts, looked like a lot of GMs were, were trusting their gut on guys and maybe going a little bit higher to grab the person they wanted versus, letting them slip and, and taking a risk to lose them later on. Uh, the, the only head scratcher for me was probably Green Bay on the night. Uh, overall, I thought it was a pretty, a pretty good draft. And uh, moving into tomorrow, we are, we are going to see what exactly Tampa Bay does. And, and I think both you would agree, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it does seem like trading up should be the move. I mean, you can probably – put that away towards early day three but you know jason light's already mentioned that it's tough to imagine that every draft pick is going to make this roster they just don't have the money right yeah i mean i'd love to see the move up and go get a playmaker you know uh go get your guy is always the the motto that people like to use in the nfl draft and i mean uh we talked about before if if naji harris fell all the way to 32 it'd be really hard to turn him away i think even though you have a pretty strong running back stable and then you have one that most nfl teams would be envious of of course he he ends up going to the pittsburgh steelers which is a beautiful fit uh for that young man but when you look at, at day two i mean javante williams you know depending on the premium that people put on running backs if he ends up somehow there in, in the middle of the second round i mean i think it'd be really hard for the buccaneers if they're presented with the op- opportunity to package some picks move up and get a guy who is is kind of a little bit a little bit of a lighter version of Najee Harris uh, in my turn in my you know in my mind Ronald Jones again playing on the last year of his career and, and really that entire running back room is almost on one year contracts again in 2022 the only guy you have locked in is Keyshawn Vaughn so adding Javante Williams may not seem like uh, the most obvious move or, or even any running back in the second round uh, the most obvious move for this season but again having the time to groom them, finding a role with them or for them in this season while you do that and then potentially unleashing them next year as your starter would make that pick seem a whole lot smarter in 2022. Yeah, and and bringing up running backs is important because that's the beauty also with the Bucs is that if they don't necessarily address it this year, they're just kicking the can to next year where it does become a need versus this year where they can try and get the person they want. I would maybe Trey Sermon would be another dart I would throw a little bit later in the draft if they wanted to go that route. But I, I do agree that Javante Williams is probably the one dude I would be willing to trade up for if that is something that they are really dead set on. Right. Uh, outside of that, I mean – I'm going to put you guys on the spot, just throwing a dart. If you had to pick a second rounder uh, tomorrow, who is your thought on the Bucks? Oh, uh, wow. Um, you know, somebody that could sneak into the back end of, of the second round there could be another guy out of Ohio State, and that is center Josh Myers. 
I think he would be a fantastic fit. He can learn behind Ryan Jensen. He provides depth at both center and at guard. He played both. You know, I've seen him projected as high as the mid-second round. I've seen him projected as low as the late third. So if he's sitting there, it makes a lot of sense for the Buccaneers to address depth at three different positions. On top of that, if he pans out as a guard, you're talking about Alex Kappa being on the final year of his deal. You could groom him. He could become a starter there at the guard position, Ryan Jensen. You know, he's on the final year of his contract. So you have a guy that you can plug and play at two different positions that you could take at the back end of the second round. Yeah, David. I really like him as well. And and I'm going to throw out Quinn Miners, mm-hmm. uh, Wisconsin Whitewater. He's a guy I got to go to Mobile this year to the to the senior uh, the recent senior bowl there. Uh, and he was a guy that jumped off the field and and got a lot of praise because, you know, those small school guys, uh, it's it's hard to tell how much of, of their their performance is really natural ability and skill. Like we talked about skill and talent and just the fact that they're playing against, you know, lesser competition. And when he got around those bigger school guys, he looked he looked comfortable. He looked confident. And he looked dominant. And then you saw him throughout the practices. And it's it's hard to show a lot of growth in just a couple of practices. Uh, but he's one of the guys that really stood out. So already showing that he's got the capability to take NFL coaching, turn it into performance on the field and execute it. That's, that's huge for a guy like him. Uh, Jason Light is, is not afraid of small school guys. Buccaneers fans love Ali Marpet. Quinn Miners could be another guy. And look, he's played center. He's played guard. So if Ryan Jensen isn't in the cards for 2022, I think we all kind of hope he is. And mm-hmm. I think Tom Brady would probably want him back for at least that year if that is his last ride instead of going with a younger center. But, I mean, if, it, if it's not in the cards for Ryan Jensen to come back next year, then Quinn Miners, again, getting that redshirt year essentially in the NFL uh, to develop even more with NFL coaching and development would be a really smart pick in, on day two. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that the, the Buccaneers have, have no fear taking those small uh, those small time guys. And yeah. uh, he was somebody that that definitely got a lot of publicity mm-hmm. in his time there at Mobile. Uh, just just for me to throw it out there, uh, I'm not going to pick one, but I'll pick two. One of the two safeties between Elijah Molden or Trayvon Merrick. I, you know, I like both yeah. of them. I think both can can enter the rotation immediately and, and be pretty successful. If there's an injury, they can step in and, and make sure things are running smoothly. Uh, so that's my, that's my choice. And again, when you, when everybody's out there looking at mock drafts, just at this point, uh, now it's going to kind of be a little bit all over the map. Uh, we were talking a little bit of where Tryon was. We've seen it as, as high as 33, as low as 75. Um, you know, that's where development comes in and, and that's where the Buccaneers are going to have some time to, to nurse their prospects. So, you know, they can go out and they can take some of these raw athletic talents and, and know that they don't necessarily need to be perfect in year one, which is the rarest of rare feats in the NFL, because usually it's, you got to produce now or, or we're moving on. Well, we will move on to tomorrow and hopefully a, a lot earlier in the night than, than what we were doing tonight. But I, I appreciate you guys, James and David, they will be back on tomorrow at the end of day two, whenever that is. So if they do trade up and they sacrifice that that third round pick, we will be on a lot earlier. Again, you know where to find us if you're listening to us. Uh, But please check out Locked on Bucks. Tremendous content. They are pumping it out every day for you and they are they are locked in and and we are going to continue this partnership for for a long time so this is our first go around on the facebook live i'm excited to to get to know you guys more and and to do this more often and let's do it again tomorrow yes sir absolutely looking forward to it all right guys again that was our facebook live session with evan klosky of wtsp 10 tampa bay immediately following Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers selection of Joe Tryon, their newest Tampa Bay Buccaneers edge rusher uh, to play and develop alongside of guys like Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaquille Barrett. 
We're going to now come back in our segment three with some new content, some fresh uh, information, some fresh takes, rather, uh, from the first round of this year's 2021 NFL Draft. And we're going to do so thanks to our friends over at BuiltBar.com, who have the best-tasting protein bars on the market. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. And right now, if you go to the site, you can get a taste of their new flavor, Mocha Love. And just like all their new flavors, it is a limited release, only available to order as they have supplies. So if you want to get that, uh, go ahead and go order that right now. I've already got my box on the way. And just like the rest of Built Bar's products, they're all soft and easy to chew. Built Bar's, they're healthy. They're great for the health-conscious person, whether you're trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. And right now, when you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of the best-tasting protein bar you'll ever try at BuiltBar.com. Wrapping things up here on a Draft Friday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. David, let's go ahead and dive into some of the best. Let's talk about some of the worst, and we'll give our parting thoughts on round one. I'm going to start things off with what I think was the best pick of round one, and that is Motor City Dan Campbell up there in Detroit getting Panay Sewell, an offensive tackle out of Oregon, help keep Jared Goff upright uh he's definitely i mean every quarterback's more effective when they're upright but jared goff more so than most others i think that was an absolute steal for them falling all the way to seven because the cincinnati Bengals hate their quarterback yeah yeah jared goff is not good under pressure and not in the way that every quarterback is not good under pressure like you said jared goff specifically especially uniquely bad under pressure when you talk about sacks being cumulative and pressure being something that builds Jared Goff comes in with like three sacks worth of pressure uh, weighing on his mind. So every time he gets more pressure, uh, it just hurts him even more and more. So smart move by the Detroit Lions if they want any chance of Jared Goff being their quarterback of the future, which I'm not sold that he will be, but at least it gives him a fighting chance potentially uh, to be successful there with his new franchise. My best pick comes one pick right after that one. The number eight pick, the Carolina Panthers, going with cornerback J.C. Horn. And all you have to do is go back to our mock draft episode, James, our last first-round mock draft that we did, our first and last uh, mock draft that we did where we had Justin Fields going uh, there to Carolina because that just kind of seemed to be where all the cards were playing or falling and where all the arrows were pointing uh, was that Carolina was going to bring in Sam Darnold. They were going to trade away Teddy Bridgewater uh, to the Denver Broncos, but then they were also going to bring in a rookie quarterback like Justin Fields so they had some competition and, and all that stuff. And I thought that was crazy. And, and, you know, again, subscribing to the whole theory of uh, if you got two quarterbacks, you have none. And the Carolina Panthers instead deciding that they're going to give Sam Darnold apparently a fighting chance to see what he can do. I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're in the in the midst of trading uh, Sam Darnold to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers. Who knows? We'll see what happens in the near future. But, uh, you know, either way, the, the Panthers decide not to clog their quarterback stream instead of addressing defense, which is definitely a need for that franchise. And if you want your young quarterback uh, to not go out there and play under pressure the way the Jets had Sam Darnold playing under pressure nonstop. One part or one way to do that significantly is keep opponents from scoring. Plus, I mean, you're in the NFC South. You got Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Now you have Kyle Pitts. If you're not going out there in the NFC South trying to stop the passing game uh, with some of these offenses, you're just not even trying to win games. All right, David, why don't you go ahead and uh, since I got to pick the best one first, why don't you go ahead and give me your worst? Yeah, we're going to go all the way down the list to pick number 25 and uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Clemson Tigers running back Travis Etienne. And it's nothing against against Travis Etienne. But if Jacksonville needed 
anything. It was not more running backs. I, I mean, they have they have a guy that came out of nowhere last year as an undrafted free agent to be one of the best running backs uh, in the National Football League. And then they have another guy uh, who comes out of a school that you know is near and dear to my heart, the Ohio State Buckeyes, Carlos Hyde, who's he's not a star running back by any means, but he serves a purpose. He's a veteran. He's a professional. He knows how to get ready for the season, get ready for the games, and he knows the head coach very well, and he knows what what's going to happen uh, when, when the season comes, and he knows how to support his rookie quarterback. Talking about supporting your rookie quarterback, this team, uh, I mean, you can make an argument for, for pretty much every position on the field, and you can make a, an argument for running back. I think everybody can could make an argument for running back, right? But when you look at the rank, like if you ranked the areas of need, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, running back was not going to be high up there. And I mean, Greg Newsom goes to the Cleveland Browns right after that. You could have taken him. Rashad Bateman could have helped out that that unit. You know what I mean? Gregory Rousseau could help out that pass rush. Jason Owe, Joe Tryon, they're guys who are going to be available in day two that the Jacksonville Jaguars could have used to either bolster their defense or give their rookie quarterback more help on the offense. And instead, what they decided to do was add to their running back group. And you know what? If their running back group was like a 7 out of 10 in, in, in you know, the NFL, then maybe now it's an 8. You know, and, and there was a quote that came out. I don't know if it was directly from Urban Meyer, but I saw it on Twitter, and it was like, you know, one guy is going to be our, our first down primary back. One guy is going to be our power back in short yardage, and one guy is going to be our receiver. So what you're basically telling me is you got three running backs, and they're each going to get about four or five touches a game. None of them are going to get into a rhythm. You can't play the hot hand because none of them even get warm. They're probably all going to pull hamstrings in the third quarter because they've been sitting so long that their muscles are all tight, and it's just it's it's ridiculous. It's why I've never been a fan of Urban Meyer. You know that. Anybody who listens to the show for a long period of time knows that, and Urban Meyer – even before this there were some other issues but this specifically i don't know what you're doing bro but good luck to you good luck to trevor lawrence uh because that fake mock draft that came out james were in pick number one the guy that's going to have his career ruined by jacksonville i mean again and i'm going over i'm going overboard a little bit here travis etienne good player but it just confused me that jacksonville will go ahead and add travis etienne other than hey let's make trevor lawrence happy you're already kissing this dude's butt he hasn't even walked in the building and you don't even know that he wants his butt kissed so i mean that's that's just how i feel about it that is that is a lot of passion about that pick i did not expect that um i'm gonna go ahead and pick on a division rival for my worst pick of round one and that is the new orleans saints going with defensive end out of houston peyton turner look the the saints biggest needs were corner and linebacker and they pass on Eric Stokes who went the very next pick to the Packers that's a whole different story you had Jeremiah uh, Awusu Koromoa sitting there ready to be taken but if you were going to go for an edge rusher you had Gregory Rousseau Jason Owe and Joe Tryon all go after Peyton Turner why would you select Peyton Turner there I mean I'm sure he's a great kid Maybe he'll turn into a great, you know, pass rusher, and I'm going to have to eat my words. But right now, on paper, you know, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. How are you going to ignore the biggest need on your team when you have a guy in Eric Stokes who is sitting there waiting, who, David, you and I mocked to the Saints in our mock draft episode yesterday, and you pass on him? It just it didn't make any sense to me. Saints fans aren't happy about it either. Um yeah, that was that was a bad pick. That was a real bad pick. Yeah, I mean, Ross actually tweeted, you know, something like New Orleans Saints, uh, Ross Jackson, host of the Lockdown Saints podcast, 
tweeted, New Orleans Saints are officially on the clock, and I retweeted from the Lockdown Bucks account with a yawning gif, you know, just poking fun at our friend Ross over there. And then the pick came across, and I'm like, man, I really want to make fun of this pick with another gif response. But I was like, I like Ross. Like, that's, that's our dude. You know, that's our guy. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to leave this one alone. But I saw some Saints fans already coming out like, Ross, Ross, tell, tell us why this is okay. Make us feel good about this. So, yeah, I mean, he's a Marcus Davenport you know, clone or whatever, or similar type guy. But did you know that Marcus Davenport is, is entering his fourth season in the NFL? I did not. I didn't realize that. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying the dude hasn't done anything yet, but when I found out they had, they picked up his fifth year option, I'm like, hold up. This dude's already been in the league three years. Like, I kind of feel like he hasn't really done anything. Maybe I just haven't been paying close enough attention. Or maybe Trey Hendrickson was just doing too much for me to pay attention to. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know to, to me, the, the Marcus Davenport trade-up to draft him really hasn't uh, returned much on that investment uh, or as much as enough to warrant that trade. So getting another guy just like that for your defense doesn't really seem like uh, the best idea. All right, well, David, my final thoughts on the first round. I thought it was an entertaining one. We saw some nice surprises. We saw some really cool trades. Your boy, Justin Fields, he gets to go to Chicago as Andy Dalton got the full Mike Glennon treatment. Um, also... The Bengals and the Green Bay Packers are the Spider-Man meme where they're just pointing at each other because they both equally hate their quarterbacks. With that, David, we are out of here, but we are going to be dropping that bonus episode Saturday morning-ish, Friday, late Friday night, Saturday morning, however you want to phrase it. Um, anyway, after day two is over, we're going to be dropping a bonus episode reacting to the picks there. And then we will rejoin you on Monday with a total draft recap and wrap up. And David, that will be the only show next week that I am on is the Monday episode. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to hearing all the guests that you bring on. But we're going to be sorting through all of our contest entries. And we will have a winner announcement coming up on our Monday episode. So stay tuned to that. Till then, check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. If you're on Facebook, make sure you like the 10 Tampa Bay Facebook page. You can check out David and my live streams over there throughout draft weekend. Make sure that you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Send us your draft reactions to 813-444-5841 or LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. We will be back tomorrow. Bonus episode. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.